0: Let me explain some things here. Oh, wow. where do I begin? Where do I begin? Let's say that this is the gift, the gift, okay? But it's wrapped up. It comes with a wrap. I can't really see what the gift is. It comes like this. And I am the person, my generation, my people are the people who are supposed to receive this gift. I see this, I say, thank you very much, not interested, okay? She's not of my family. She's a filthy, stinking goyim, a gentile. I am the chosen, I am chosen. I am Hebrew, I am a Jew, profile, nose, okay? (laughs) I can say Baruch Hashem with, you know, that's right. I am better than everybody else. I smell better than everybody else. I try to look better than everybody else. I am waiting for the gift, but I'm whole. It's funny, you know, if you think I'm joking, you'll be like, well, oh, that's sort of, that's funny. If you think I'm serious, you're like, what? Who's this joker? But according to the book, there is a race of people on earth set apart to be a light to the other people who are not like me. I'm just waiting for the gift that God has promised. Somebody threw a ball of crap in my hand, that wasn't it, so I chucked it, okay? So I threw it away. This Gentile caught the thing, and you know, Gentiles, they're so filthy, they'll look through everything. They don't even know if it's dirty or not dirty, so she looks through the gift, and she begins to find some things, and she goes, what the heck, this is, this is, this is the gift. She gets it. You know, the Gentiles are like, Mikey, they'll eat anything. <laughs> Give it to Mikey. He'll try anything. <clears throat> So, so as, as a goyim, she goes and she shares this with everybody else. I'm special, I'm still waiting for the gift. Adonai is awesome mercy. <clears throat> See, she could not have gotten that unless it came through me. But I didn't know what that was, so I threw it away. You following me? Mm-hmm. I am still who I am. I am still a descendant of the children of Israel. I am still the set-apart nation. It's just that I don't see. I don't see. She sees it. Goyim have no scruples. (laughs) She shares it with others, and others see it. The problem is this. She's been sharing it with others the way that she got it. And as long as everybody has something that looks like that, I don't recognize that as anything at all. I'm still special, but I'm still waiting where is the gift that was promised to our people. Meanwhile, as long as there is anyone in this room that still hasn't seen the gift, God will not allow me to see what that is until everybody in here has had the opportunity to see what's in there. You're following me. Mm -hmm. You're all the Gentiles. You're not as special as I am. But you got the gift. And I'm waiting for the gift. And then some of you begin to come and describe the gift to me. Oh, I got this beautiful gold thing. And I say, back away from me. I don't recognize that. I will not be suckered into that silly nonsense. But eventually, someone in here will remove the covering. And they're going to start using the gift the way it was meant to be used. And when they begin to do that, something inside of me begins to leap, and I said, oh, wait a minute, what, what happened to the gold little thing? I said, so we threw that out, we found the gift, and, and we found out how to use the gift. Now, here's the funny thing, there's only one way she's going to find out how to use the gift. She has to go to the people that know about the gift to see what they're supposed to do with the gift. And then when she uses the gift the way it's supposed to be used, then she begins to be recognized by the people who are blind. Mm -hmm. And they say to her, Blessed are you, for you come in the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Baruch HaBashem Adonai Because he recognized that. They didn't recognize what they had in the beginning. Because it got wrapped up with a, with a blonde wig, with blue contact lenses, and with a different name that our people don't understand. Why does God do these things? Because He knew that in order for Him to bring the seed, the gift, which is the anointed one, Messiah, Yeshua, He needed to preserve a a line of human beings who would be healthy, who would keep his laws, and would separate themselves from the world. And they did as best as they could. And they made many mistakes, but every once in a while they would return back to his ways and they would repent. So God brings the gift through the special people. But he can't allow the special people to have more <laughs> knowledge of the gift in front of them. Because if they had, they would have never <laughs> ever... <laughs> I don't think so. We're the holy people. We're the holy gift. It really sucks to be you. God knew that. Because God knows humanity. So he came in disguise as a gift in a way that we couldn't understand it. And read the Gospels. It'll blow you away. Every time he's talking to Jews, he always conceals himself. Every time he's talking to Gentiles, he always tells them who he is. He heals a little girl in a Jewish neighborhood. Don't you tell anybody who did this to her. And he says to the people, she's dead. She says, she's not dead. She's not dead. She is sleeping. Now I know some denominations took that and started up the theology about soul sleep. That's not what Yeshua was talking about. Yeshua was simply trying to tell the Jewish people, no, 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 everything is fine. Because if he said, yes, she is dead. Now watch this. Boom. (laughs) They'll recognize the gift right away. He walks in. Why does he speak in parables? Why? Why does he speak in parables to the teachers? But but to a a whore next to a well, he reveals the mysteries of the kingdom. Why does he do that? Because he's in the process of giving the gift to the Gentiles. But the gift had to come through a peculiar people, a set-apart people. Those people still exist on this earth. And many of them are still blind. And the Gentiles have taken the gift and most of the Gentiles still have the cover over it. They still think this gift came on Christmas Day. Santa Claus dropped it off. You know what I'm saying? They can't understand that. Why does God do this? Well, I already said one of the reasons is he wanted to make sure that this gift, this gift is too good for any one nation to keep. He wanted the gift to be spread through the Because he would that none would perish. And he did not want anybody, anybody to boast. Because once I chucked it, I can't boast when I realized I actually had a hand in killing this thing. I can't boast. So what I'm special. I am special. I can't boast. I threw away the gift, and without the gift, what do I have? I mean, I could wear my kippah like Mickey Mouse's ears. I don't care what I do. I don't care how many tzitzit I wear. Today I have one tzitzi on. Sometimes I give tzitzit away so I have one in here. I don't care if I have a million tzitzit. I don't care if I speak Hebrew perfectly. I don't care if I know Torah from cover to cover by memory. If I don't have that gift, it is worth nothing. Because my being right with that an eye does not come in my human ability to please Him by my actions, by my knowledge. My ability to be right with Him only comes when the gift is right with the Father in me. I can't do it. Only the Son can in me. The Son is who He is well pleased with. All these idiots. Well, I just hope that someday I see the Lord, and He says, "Well done, good and faithful." Idiot! He's not talking to you. He's talking to the Son who lives in you. So today, as you're sitting there smoking a joint, you're already the one. If you've accepted Him in your heart, you're already the one that He says, "Well done, my good and faithful servant." You're like, what? 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 <coughs> what? what? <laughs> oh, you forgot who's living in you. He's not saying it to the person because the flesh gains. I think And what a blessing to say, oh, I can shed off all the bad stuff I've done. I can shed all the good stuff I can't do. I can shed off the good stuff that I'm trying to hope to do. Well, next year I was going to try to do the one-year Bible reading thing, and I was hoping that at the end of the year the Lord would say, well done. No, he says, well done before you even know how to read. Well done. Because he's saying it to the one who lives inside it. The chosen people had a gift that they could not see. It was impossible to see it because who blinded them? God! For what reason? So the world could be saved. For he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes in him. in him. In him. Not in him. In him. You're in him believing. You don't believe about Him. You're not a human that believes. Oh, yes, I believe. No. You are in Him. And you believe. The more this Jewish rabbi begins to manifest himself in you, the more the lost sheep of Israel begin to recognize the Anointed One who is the gift they can't boast, they threw them out. You can't boast, you were not chosen in the first place. In the end, we sit together as one, on our knees saying, "Hadanai." <laughs> what the heck, <laughs> you are good. And he says, I know, I know I am. And I live in you. I fell in love with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <That's> right. <laughs> that's right. Shalom. This is Rabbi Peter. I gotta describe to you what happened here, because as you're listening to this podcast, there's no way you could um see what's what's happening. I was using as an example a a talit wrapped into a ball, and um it had a gold like handkerchief around it. So, uh, me as a Jew, I wouldn't be able to recognize what it was, and that's what I threw away. Well, anyway, this lady actually caught it, and um, as I was speaking, I mean, this is funny, because none of this was planned, I was just speaking, as I was speaking, she was actually looking through it and unfolding it, you know, and and she started looking into it, and, and it was a really beautiful talit, so she, little by little, as I was talking, started taking it off, and she started using it, you know, maybe, I don't know if she thought... I was giving it to her, but uh, she just put it on and she was all happy and throughout the message she was just wearing it. Well anyway, as I get to this part of the message where I begin to speak about how none of us can boast because, you know, the children of Israel had to gift, but they threw it away. I was actually on my knees looking up saying, Lord, you know, you're good, you're good. And out of nowhere, the lady got up and walks up to me right in front and she takes the lead that she had gotten as the gift and she took it off of herself and placed it over me. It was a beautiful moment, and I thought you'd be blessed to have it described. Oh, back to more fun with the things of Adonai. That's right. That's right. I feel like uh, James Brown. (laughs) Actually, you know, we do things led of the Spirit. You remember the story of, of, of Ruth and Naomi? Ruth is a Gentile, Naomi is a Jew. Ruth fell in love with her mother-in-law and everything that she got, she gave to her mother. All the food she gleaned from Boaz's field, she gave to her mother-in-law. And it was her love for her mother-in-law, broken down Jew, that caused Boaz to say, hmm, who's that girl? And why does she take so much of the food from my field? He was not interested in her until he realized that she had an interest for a broken down Jewish woman. Then he wanted to know who she was. See, our father is amazing. He had to bring the, the gift into the world. But he needed to do it in a way that nobody would have an upper hand on him, That was the goal. Religion set in, created a whole bunch of denominations. There's no denominations in the Kingdom of Heaven. There are none. There are none. Messianic Judaism is not a denomination. It's just a group of a bunch of misfits (laughs) who don't know where they belong because if they go to a regular synagogue, the, the gift really isn't there. And if they go to a regular church, there's a, a form of the gift, but they're not connected to the roots. So the, 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 it's like an apple that's drying up. And how many times you need to hear a message that the Lord loves me, I just need to be at the cross and just forgive me for my sins? How many times you have to hear that? You were supposed to hear that once and then move on. Not be stuck there on milk. You know what? The children of Israel, they left Egypt, went to the Red Sea. When they crossed over, they got three things into their body. Bread, meat, and living water. There was no milk here. Because the process of, of going through a hard time in our lives is to, is to stay toughen you up so that you begin to eat bread, eat solid food, and drink living water. That's the purpose of this. There is no milk in the wilderness because you're supposed to be strengthened and toughened up. So, okay, let me see if I can describe what happens in this week's Torah portion because it's, you know, it's the Old Testament, but you know what? God is still trying to figure out what the hell is the Old Testament. (laughs) Okay. The children of Israel, they are in Egypt. Egypt represents sin. It represents us when we don't have the Lord. Now watch this. You're in Egypt. In order to leave Egypt, what needs to happen? A lamb has to be slain. Okay. Who needs to leave Egypt? The special people. The chosen people the people with the funny noses. They're the slaves in Egypt. Now, the Gentiles can tag along, but you can't eat with us because unless you chop your little thing off, then you can eat with us. (laughs) That usually deters the Gentiles from coming and eating them. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, so the children of Israel are stuck in sin. They need to leave. Can't, why can't God just say, just just leave? I'm God. Leave. Get out of there. They can't. What do they have to do before they leave? What do, What is the last thing they do that night? Passover. They have to have a lamb. The lamb has to be slain. The lamb represents. It's simple, right? Yeshua, right? You know, the Lamb of God, <laughs> takes away the sins of the world, right? Okay. So the, the children of Israel are in sin, and they're in Egypt. And the lamb has to be killed. Now, there's other people in Egypt. There's a real bad people, right? The Egyptians. Some of you look sort of Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> this is pure, the lamb, right? Who has to kill the lamb? Somebody has to kill him. Let's get the Egyptians. They're bad. Let them do it. Who has to kill the lamb? The children of Israel. The children children of Israel. They were commanded by God, you have to kill the lamb. Then you have to take the blood and spread it on your doorpost. By the way, you're spreading it on the doorpost (laughs) of your comfort zone. Your house is where you are comfortable. You have to put it on your house, on the doorpost. Who has to do this? Whose, Whose bloody hands are doing this? the people who were chosen. The Jews are called to kill the lamb and they have blood in their hands and they got to put it all over the door. The place of their comfort. See, because when you're building pyramids it's not <clears throat> uncomfortable, when, when they're living in their homes, that's comfortable. God is saying, you're going to kill it and you're going to put the blood on it because I need to take you out of your comfort zone. Because your comfort zone is in the land of sin. What would happen if the children of Israel said, Oh, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. But you know what that is. That's the gift. That's right. We're not killing no lamb. What kind of barbarians do you think we are, Adonai? If that lamb is the Messiah, we ain't touching it. What happens if they don't kill it? What happens that night if they don't kill it? Their firstborn dies. So on Passover night, if the Jews don't kill the lamb, the firstborn dies. You, you, you. Yeah. Who's God's firstborn? Yes, you see, there you go. You see, yeah. You'll hear a difference, people think it's Yeshua. It's actually Israel. Because a, a couple Torah portions before this, Moses was told to go to Pharaoh and say Tell Pharaoh Israel is my firstborn Because you refuse to let My firstborn come out and worship me And be free I'm going to kill your firstborn So if the children of Israel Don't kill The lamb Israel dies And if Israel dies Who's carrying The line of the lamb Nobody. So there's no salvation for the world if the Jews die because they wanted to save the lamb. That makes sense.. Yes. So they have to kill the lamb and put the blood of the lamb on their doorpost. So that the firstborn Israel can leave Egypt and come and be covered by the cloud by day and fire by night. Right? And then the ocean parts. The ocean represents mikvah, baptism, immersion. So our sin, in particular the sin of Israel, cannot be set free until they kill this thing. Then they're free. They get immersed in water, there's your baptism. They're given authority on the other side, and they begin to eat bread, meat, and water. Every believer is just awakened to the fact that the lamb has already been slain, which means you're already saved. It just needs to be activated when you believe. You're already saved. It doesn't get activated until you believe because if you are special like me and on this day you don't believe that killing this thing is going to set you free, you don't kill this thing and you're dead. Do you understand? It has to do with believing. Believing. I don't get it, God. I don't understand why killing the lamb and putting blood on my door is going to set me free. But I believe because you told me to. So I'm going to do it. How's everybody doing? Okay? Good. Okay. So... Your sin, in particularly the sin of Israel, is necessary to kill the anointed one so that they can be set free, enter into the water, and then mature by eating bread, meat, and the living water. Do you know what this bread is? This is Yeshua. He said it, I am the bread that your forefathers ate in the wilderness. He said the same thing about the rock. I am the rock. Rivers of living water, I mean, it's all there. If, if, if they don't kill this thing, all of God's plan goes out the window. So, in future time now, because we are in future time, Adonai's plan is this, because you have the gift, and I've been awakened to the gift, you realize that you are grafted in to the cultivated olive tree, which is Israel. Not Baptists, not Methodists, not Catholic. What? You're grafted into the people of Israel. And Paul even said it, that you belong to the Commonwealth of the people of Israel. You have become... <laughs> I hate to say it, a Jew boy, a Jew. You've become one with the people of Israel. You've become like uh like, like Ruth who says to her mother-in-law, "Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you die, I will die. and if I ever leave you, may God deal with me severely." And by the way, when I give birth to a son, I'm giving the son to you. And in the story of Ruth and Naomi, it says that, that, that uh, Ruth gave her son to her mother-in-law. And it says that her breast filled up and she started to nurse the kid. Israel nursed the grandfather of David. She was nursing a descendant of David, a descendant of Yeshua, the one that the church thinks they can hold on to and say, this is our Jesus. It's not your kid. He's the Messiah, the King of Israel, who came through his people. And we were placed in the ovens. so that you could have the blessing of the gift. You are a set-apart people who have been called to come and hear these things so that you realize, I get it, I get it, I get it. I've become one with you, you've become one with me. He sees us as one. There is no distinction in the kingdom of heaven because God sees us as one Jew and Gentile, one new creation in Messiah. We without you. I do. You without us are people who have fruit that's dying. Because without a root and without a trunk, your fruit will wither away. And you don't know. You don't know how to grow anymore. Because no one has taught you. They just taught you to eat the good fruit. Mm-hmm. Salvation is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's all you have. But I, don't know, I want you to not just be one who is a carrier of the fruit. He wants you to be a producer of the fruit so that you realize, I wasn't created to sit here and eat this good fruit. I was created to be grafted into the tree so that good fruit can come from me and others can eat the good fruit. Um, This whole incident here has to do with firstborn. And then I said to the people of Israel, this will be a sign to you every firstborn, you are to dedicate it to me. And remember, on this day, I bought you by the sacrifice of this lamb. You're mine now. He was talking to the Jewish people. But he did it purposely to hide the truth from their eyes so that the nations could get the truth. They begin to understand why in... in, Zechariah 18, it says on that day ten Gentiles will grab a hold of the tzitzit or the garments of one Jew and they'll say, let's go with you because we've heard the Lord is with you. It's not a matter of us versus them. I believe it's fair to say that everyone here has accepted the Lamb. Right? When you accepted this thing, you took on to yourself an identity with the people of Israel. And you're not going to see him until Israel cries out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Because Yeshua looked at Jerusalem and he said, Oh Jerusalem, 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 how I long to gather you under my arms as a hen gathers up her little chicks. You did not know the hour of your visitation, Mm -hmm. so I leave you desolate, Mm -hmm. and you will not see me again until you cry, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. All God was doing was blinding the people of Israel so that the nations could see gift and then they could return back with the gift and graft themselves into the broken people so the test you're going to go through is a peculiar one there is a Holocaust coming that makes what happened in Germany seem like a joke Yeshua said on that day there'll be a great falling away. You know why? Because the people of the book, the people of Israel, they don't compromise. Like the government can come and say, well, from now on it's going to be this way. We we, we have one government. It is the government of God. And when the Lord says there's going to be a spirit of lawlessness, it doesn't mean people will not obey laws. It means they will not obey His laws and His instructions. The people of Israel hold on to the instructions of God. Hmm. A spirit of lawlessness is about to come over the world. And all the people who believe a shallow understanding of salvation, which is, well, we're saved by grace, we're not under any law. Good, good for you. You know what? When they come and force you to to, to disobey the laws of God, you're all set, I guess. (laughs) You don't have to worry about it. Because you're on the grace to so walk away. But there are a few people who won't be able to walk away. You know who? The people who died, who sacrificed everything so that you could have the gift. They won't be able to walk away. They won't be able to compromise on the laws of God. And once again, they'll be put in ovens. But this time around, there's something going to be different about the ovens you're going to go into. This time, they'll put two in the oven a Jew and a Gentile who has grafted himself with Israel. And they're looking and says, we put two in here, why are there three? And from inside, we will say, because we're the Trinity, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you understand? It's not a time of fear, but for those who don't have eyes to see and ears to hear, how are you gonna pass the test? when the one living in you is the one who lays himself down. He doesn't walk away. Do you know the lamb didn't make it out? Oh, I didn't think of that. The anointed one didn't make it out. It got eaten up. Oh, wait a minute. He didn't make it out. They were digesting him as they were walking away. Hello? (laughs) That's right. He's in us. You become what we Is this a hard saying? It's gonna be so bad. Does this mean you will lose your salvation? Not at all. Salvation comes because this thing got slain. It happened already. It's not a matter of salvation. It's a matter of glory. It's a matter of authority. It says in Revelation, to those who overcome, I will feed them the hidden manna. To those who overcome, I will give them a rod of authority. There are people in this world. you're, You're here. You're here because the King is in you. You are called, not to try to figure out a way to be saved. You are called to be a vessel of salvation for others because the Savior lives in you with the authority of God. Scripture says, on that day, I will wipe away the tears from your eyes. Why would God have to wipe your tears in the fullness of the kingdom? You should be happy. Many will weep. Why? Because they'll realize, you've got to be kidding me. You mean all my life. I I missed it. I I thought it was just about me being saved. And then I would say, you were saved way before. I want you to be saved. I wanted you to become a vessel of my salvation. Father, I thank you that in this place, with the exception of a night like tonight, where I'm simply using examples, no one would ever know who's a Jew or who's a Gentile. Because in this place, all we care about is, who's Yeshua? everybody who has ears to hear stands up and says I am thank you Father thank you that you recognize us in spirit thank you that you love us Father thank you Father that you set up a foolproof plan to save the world the word says Father even is, is in, in one man the first Adam all perished one man, a new man, a new creation, the anointed one, all are brought back to life. Thank you, Father. Father, we take also this opportunity tonight, me, Father, a descendant of the children of Israel, a descendant of those who have been placed in ovens, Father. Father, forgive, forgive the Nazis, Father. And I, as a Jew, declare they're not guilty for what they have done. And Father, I ask that you will use innocent blood that was shed to save them. I ask that you awaken this beautiful thing in all the Jewish people that that they will forgive those who come against them. I ask this for every person in here, Father, that they'll recognize that people have done things that were very painful to them. And I ask, Father, that in your heart you will declare that the person who did this or the people who did this to you, just, just just put your hands in front of you as if you're handing this over to the Lord and say, Lord, I have kept a record of this evil. I don't want a record of it anymore. I'm giving it to you. And Father, use, use the pain I suffered as atonement for the people who've been unkind to me. I give them over to you. I'm seated with Messiah in the throne of judgment at this very moment. And at this very moment, I have the authority as a judge to pardon or to condemn. I choose to do what was done for me before I knew you. When when I came before your judgment throne, you looked at me and you said, not guilty because you gave your life for me i choose to do the same thing right now i place before you father those who've done wrong against me and i declare them not guilty father and i thank you because when i see them again i will not see them with the memory of anything they've done to me but i will see them with your eyes which you have made possible through your son the gift who lives in me. Thank you, Father.